0: Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, naked I came from my mother's womb. And naked I shall return. I brought nothing into this world and surely I can carry nothing out. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all things, Lord, in every area... No matter how tough the situation or the time, Father, let us always bring back praise to you. As Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. He also said, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you and I repent in dust and ashes. There is nothing quite unraveling and unnerving as having a one-on-one encounter with you, God. It shakes us to our very bones, Jeremiah said. He said, all of my bones shake and I am like a drunk man because of the Lord and his holy word. So Father, today as we go into your word, Father, I pray that everything that is of man, everything that may be of me falls to the ground and is forgotten. But only those things, Lord, that would bring about healing and growth and holiness, and longevity, and faithfulness, God, in the hearts of your people would last and stand for eternity. Father, I thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to be as the man that Jesus talked about. He tore down his barns and built bigger ones because he had so much abundance. And Jesus said, you fool, tonight your soul is required of thee. Why do you run to and fro, back and forth, and fret To earn money to put into a bag full of holes. Help us, Father, to think on eternal things, those things above and not on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, I'm going to be talking a little bit today. This sermon started uh, back in July, uh, July 19th. And, um, I was very fortunate, very blessed. Uh, My family and I don't take vacation for granted. (laughs) It's a blessing from the Lord to get to go on vacation. And uh, we were very fortunate enough because my wife is a very frugal uh, woman. She's one of those uh, Proverbs 31 women that uh, enterprises and puts away money. and, And then I'm just like, well, how did that happen? Well, she was frugal and saved money and put it away. And I was pleasantly surprised, and my brain was enormously relieved that we got to go on vacation because I needed it. And uh, we were at Emerald Isle, North Carolina, and it's one of my favorite places to go. Uh, It's not very far from the house. It's not all built up, and the water's beautiful. And one of my most favorite things to do outside of boogie boarding is uh, to collect shells, I like I love to fish. We caught a lot of sharks, and I uh, caught a lot of good waves boogie boarding. And uh, but one of my favorite things to do is to collect shells. And so my sermon is centered around that. When I speak of shells, seasick shells today, I'm going to be speaking about you. All of you are seashells today, including me. I have a very beautiful seashell in my pocket. It's called an olive. And on the coast of Emerald Isle, North Carolina, these are very highly prized and this one is actually a perfect specimen. And so when I'm referring to shells today, I'm gonna to be referring to you and to me and to us as corporately. So what happened was I got this, we're down at, on vacation and I have this, it's a, it's a device you use to dig up mole crabs for fishing. They're the little crabs, not the sand crabs, but these guys look like little bugs. And they dig right down in the sand really fast. The minute you expose them, they dig right back down. They're called mole crabs. Well, they're great for fishing. And they have this little shovel thing. It's like a screen. And you dig down in the sand. It's for catching mole crabs. Well, this one was made out of all aluminum. It's very heavy duty. And I had that thing. Well, I wasn't using it for mole crabs. I was using it to get shells. Because the water would break in, and and as the water come rushing in, you know it's you can see the shells for a second, and they're gone, gone. And you're like, oh come on, man, you know that was a good one. Maybe it's still there. No, it's it's unmoved thirty yards down the beach. And with this um this mole crab digging device, I could reach out in the surf and scoop up just scoops of shells. And I'm just going along, man, and I'm scooping up these things and I'm throwing them up on the beach and walking along. And I just kind of, you know how you know when you're being watched or followed? I just kind of stopped and I noticed this really cute little girl. She was about yay tall and she had the curliest brown hair. I mean, just covering curls. And she's just walking along and she's following me she's looking at those shells and she's looking at me and she's looking back at those shells and I finally noticed I was like oh she's wanting to look through those shells and she thinks they're mine and I said oh yeah go ahead sweetie you can dig through those shells have anything you want I said I'm throwing those up there for everybody anybody that wants to come along and find the shells that's what I'm doing that for And so she just drops down on the sand, and she's digging through. And so I stop, and I'm digging through the shells with her. I don't know this child from Adam. There's a man and a woman sitting up from her, and I'm assuming that's her parents because they seem to be watching us. And so we're just digging, and she's like, oh, look at this one I found. And I say, oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Here's one. Here's one of these. Here, take that. Oh, and she's got it and she's collecting them and she's telling me about shells she found the day before and all this stuff. And um, all at once, this other little boy, this little boy walks up to me and he's got his hands on his knees like this, right down near me, in my face. He goes, What you looking for? <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't know, some secret documents from the CIA. We're on the beach. There's, I got like a 55 gallon drum full of shells thrown up here. We're on, But, you know, I laughed. I said, we're looking for anything we can find. Really? I was like, yeah, there's all kinds of treasures here. I said, matter of fact, two days ago, we found two shark's teeth. Wow. And so he's like, okay. So he's down on his knees and he's digging in the shells. And this little girl, she's digging in the shells and I'm digging in the shells. And I don't know, time passed, and, but I was there for probably an hour and a half. I look around, there's about six kids around me. And they're digging into shells, man. And my wife once told me that me, my son Joshua, and my brother Scotty are just alike. And I said, how do you mean? She said, all three of y'all attract children and strays. And I said, well, I guess you're right. I'm a child at heart, and I hope to die a child at heart. And uh, because there's wonder in a child's eyes. You parents with new children, I envy you not in your late night feedings, but in the fact that you get to see the world afresh and anew. Everything your child sees for the first time, you get to see again for the first time. And what was interesting to me was that children, you have to teach them to hate They're not prejudiced. They're not born that way. They don't see color. They don't see any of that. And they're just like, you like shells? I like shells. Let's sit and look for shells together. And they don't hold a grudge. And they love you. And they don't stab you in the back. They just want to be your friend. And maybe that's part of the reason why I love children so much is because I find myself wanting to stay that way in that attitude toward life and toward other people and toward the wonder of what God has created. Because it says that the heavens were created for the wonderment of man. And I thought as we were sitting there, this little boy had been playing for days on this beach. But he never saw value in what was in front of him until I mentioned to him that there are treasures in here. And when I said, these are worthwhile, these broken pieces of shell have value to them. Let's look for treasures here. They're all in here. Then he saw value. Then he got involved. And they would just begin to find shells. My sermon today is... The the name or the title of it is broken pieces. Broken pieces. I believe that there's a there's three stages that we're all in, and I'm going to share that with you in just a moment. After that day, whenever I'd come out with my mole crab digging instrument, here come that little girl, and we would dig shells. And her little friends would come occasionally, but she was the fateful one to come and dig shells with me. My wife and I, the following evening, we were walking down the beach hand in hand. It was the week of our 27th anniversary. Yeah, 27 years. Clap for her, clap for her. We got really expensive anniversary presents. We got leather bracelets with Joshua 1-9 inscribed upon it because it's her favorite scripture. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. Be of good courage. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. All those things. But we were walking hand in hand, and you want to stay married for 27 years. Snuggle. Hold hands. All that stuff. You'll stay married a long time don't ever stop doing that we were holding hands walking down the beach and in front of us were it it's the water had just washed in but there were pieces of shells just laying there as if they had been laid out systematically with intent and they were all broken there wasn't a whole piece in the bunch not a whole shell but every one of them though they were broken to me were beautiful And they were absolutely unique. And it's interesting that an old, a big old clamshell, that thing is ugly on the outside. But when you bust that thing apart, it has these beautiful hues of purple and these stripes all through it. And I thought, man, that is just like, and we were talking about the children and their ability to not hold hatred in their heart and not be... Um, um, racists and and, and bigots and and just love people we were talking about that and I was talking about those shells and the broken pieces she's like there's got to be a sermon in there for you somewhere and I said well maybe so and as we walked along it just was it was amazing to me to just look at the diversity of life just thousands of pieces of shells washed up on the beach and it was for the wonderment of Joel, God had done that for me, I believe that all of us are in three, we're in one of three stages all throughout our lives, We're either we have been broken, we are being broken, or we're about to be broken, that's what I believe, I believe that you have been broken, Everybody in here at one time in their life has been broken by something. Whether it's circumstance, a mate, sickness and disease, whether it's financial hard times, or whether it is God breaking down the pride and things off of you to get to the beautiful part. Maybe you're that old, ugly clamshell on the outside, and God says, There's some stuff I need to break off to view that is useless to get to this beautiful inner part that is where I dwell and people need to see. So I believe that we are all in one of three stages and I believe that we can return to that stage again. I have been broken in my life before, crushed. I have been in a state of being broken. And there's going to come a time when I'm going to be broken again. And I know that. And so keeping that in mind as I read, if you're in one of these three stages, I have some good news for you. I'd like for you to turn with me to Psalms 34, 18. We'll give you a chance to find that. Open up my ditty bag while you are work on that. You there? All right. Y'all some fast turners. Got some educated Bible scholars in here. That's good. I would rather converse with Bereans than somebody I don't know anything. Psalms 34 18 says this The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and such as have a contrite spirit. That word contrite literally means someone who is crushed, crushed in their spirit. You can't even pray for yourself, let alone someone else. You are so devastated that you can't even cry out to God. You are crushed into dust. And that's what that's saying. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a crushed spirit. A crushed spirit. If you are that person today, take heart because God is closer to you now and it may not feel like it than at any other time in your life. At any other time. Turn over to Psalms 51, 17. There's two ways God is near to you. It says God is near to you. God is near to you through the Holy Spirit. God is also near to you because he is the Holy Spirit a residing in the body of believers around you. There are people around you who can be near you, who possess the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God to come alongside you when you are crushed in your spirit and they pray for you and they stand in the gap for you. I have seen it with my own eyes. Our intercessory prayer team, folks, I'm telling you, they take time out of their day to pray for you. You don't even know it. They pray constantly for you. And there are people here that would walk alongside you. Psalms 51, 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite, crushed heart. These, O God, you will not despise. When you are broken and you are hurting, and you don't know what to say, God's not kicking you away. That's when God is closest to you. That's when God, God wants that. He wants you to cry out to him. Turn to Isaiah 57:15. Look at what God says about himself. He's declaring truth about himself here in 15, 57. Isaiah 57, verse 15. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I mean, he's saying the truth. He's the high and lofty one. He inhabits eternity his name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with the guy that's got the three-piece $5,000 Armani suit and a $5,000 genuine alligator hide Bible and $400 Italian-made Bernini shoes. He's driving a Bentley. we got a $3 million church complex. That's who God resides with? Is that what that said? Nothing wrong with a nice suit. I put on a fitted suit one time. It was, wow. Wow. I tried it on. And I was like, wow. The guy's like, this fits you good. I looked in the mirror and I was like, daggone, it does. <laughs> and it's very comfortable. And I've picked up that little thing, you know, on the end. It's called the tag. It has a price... I said, yeah, I'll be taking this off now. <laughs> My dad said, if you can't afford it, don't touch it because you may break it. So you go ahead and just slip this thing off of JoJo right now, and I'm going to go somewhere else. And uh, nothing wrong with those things. Nothing wrong with those things. We have a lot of wealthy people who are philanthropists. They give money. Philanthropy from the Greek word phileo, brotherly love, Philadelphia phileo named city of brotherly love so there's nothing wrong with rich men they have wealth and they give it away they give back but that's not where God dwells he says I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite a crushed and a humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the crushed one God is so high and He's so lofty. Yet, in my time of distress, when I called upon the Lord, He pulled me up into a high and lofty place. I couldn't tell that I was in such a high and lofty place. You know why? I wasn't looking around. I had my face into His chest, holding on to His robe, weeping into His garments. Because I was crushed. And I didn't want to be high and lofty. I wanted to have what Pastor has said, peace. Peace once had and lost is the most treasured thing. You will seek it. And I believe that one day we will get to heaven and the very garments of God will be stained with my tears. And I know that they will be stained with yours. Because that is the kind of God that I serve. That is the kind of God that you serve. He is with those who are humble and crushed. Isaiah 66, verses 1 and 2. to crying and the words get blurry. (laughs) Maybe I better put on my glasses. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool, where is the house that you will build for me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made. And all those things exist, says the Lord, but on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a crushed spirit, and who trembles at my word. God saying, Heaven is my throne, the earth, I rest my feet on the earth. Well, where do I dwell? With him who's crushed in spirit. That's where I am. That's where I want to be. So if you have been broken, or you're in the middle of being broken, and those of you who have been through it, and you're probably going to be broken again, understand when it happens where you rate on God's scale of importance way up there matter of fact he says I bring you up into the high and lofty place where I am I couldn't see that I was in a high and lofty place I just knew there was comfort in the arms of God and I had my face pressed into his chest gripping his robe crying like a little three-year-old child afraid of the dark a grown man Something I noticed about shells. I'm going to get back to the shells. As I found shells, and I found just great, lots of shells. I even found a really cool shell that, when you hold it just right, maybe it's my cartoonish, imaginative mind, it looks just like a little guy praising God. It's got a hole cut in it, worn in it. It's his body, his head, and his little arms, and he's like this. I'm like, that's a keeper even the rocks cry out I thought it was cool so I, one thing I noticed is that uh, some things about these shells were like the old shells they'd been there a while and this is one of them this is actually inside of a clam shell and you're like no way It's beautiful purple, it has these zebra-like lines in it. Some of them look like sunsets, but it's so smooth. It doesn't have any sharp edges. It's been worn down smooth by the wind, the waves of the sea, and the sand in the sea. And all those edges are worn off, it's more refined and as a person, it represents someone who has been broken. And I mean broken. And worn down. And it represents someone who is more soft hearted and refined and less apt to hurt. It represents someone who knows what it's like to be in the tumult And the, 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 just the angry beating of the ocean, flipping them over and round and down. And a big shell hits and breaks off a piece. And then the sand comes along and sands it smooth. And they know what it's like to be you who hasn't been broken yet. And are in the middle of being broken. And they can more reach out and relate to those of you who are hurting in the midst of a battle, in the midst of a fight, those who are crushed in spirit and you can see no way out and you can see no hope. To be devoid of hope is to be in a very dark place. I challenge you to never leave this place in a state where you feel devoid of hope. If you are feeling that way and you see me here, you run and catch me and get me off to the side and tell me so. And I will pray for you. And I will remind you that the high and lofty one who dwells in heaven and the earth is his footstool is at that moment in time only concerned with you. He catches your tears in a bottle He numbers your wandering in his books. He has inscribed you on the palm of his hand, he said. I have inscribed your name on my hand. Every time God opens his hand, he sees your name. So I noticed that about these older shells, the pieces, they were had been broken for a long time and they were worn nice and smooth and they didn't hurt the other ones they were around they knew what it was like to be in the middle of the hurricane when the other shells are breaking and beating them down the things of life uh, the the wind the, the, the water beating on them the sand sanding away because It's interesting because they know what it's like to come out of the breaking process. And I do as well. I do as well. The other thing I notice is that newly broken shells... I'll lay these up here for a second. They'll stay there. Newly broken shells were interesting as well and I have up here a calico scallop actually very beautiful shell but um, the ones who had been newly broken, I don't know if this will work or not, Might. oh yeah I broke it, didn't want to cut my hand, I just just broke this beautiful shell, that thing is so sharp. And I've got a bunch of little pieces laying here. And what I noticed was, and what God began to give me as I was looking at them, it's like, these shells are really sharp. Wow. They cut themselves. And they cut people around them. And they carry around all these extra pieces. And sometimes, as new believers who have never really walked through the fire the wind and the waves and the sand have been broken. The first time they're broken, they can hurt themselves because they have sharp edges. They can hurt you. And they're toting around all this extra baggage. In this case, God is trying to get off of them all of this chaff. It's unneeded, unwanted pieces that are weighing them down. And they're going to come to you, and you're this smooth round old war horse was it 96 pastor b we started in your backyard and moved to my garage something like that officially 98 right we were in here in officially 98 so you know even though me and him looked really handsome right now i mean we we look really young and handsome we're we're a couple of old warhorses as far as ministry goes, been there, done that, seen that. Doesn't mean God ain't going to break me again. But we've been broken many times over and over and had pieces worn off of us. And many of you are the same. You've been through life and has worn you down. Don't look at it as a default or a defect. Look at it as a polishing and a smoothing and a shining you bringing out what's most important most useful to the lord and when those come to you those new broken ones and they have those sharp edges man be patient with them they're gonna walk up and they're gonna be spilling pieces all over you over your carpet they're gonna leave pieces of themselves everywhere they go and it's hard for them because they think they still need those pieces and When they go somewhere as they're trying to pick them up, they'll come to the altar to leave it here and and they'll get here and and they'll bring all their pieces and they drop them down and they spend more time trying to pick up the pieces to leave the altar when God says, just carry that big piece and leave the other there. Because Joel is God's trash man and it's my job, as God showed me many years ago, that I'm his trash man and they come and they carry all that stuff out. Because God doesn't want you to leave here with it, that useless dross, the chaff. That's no good. Be patient with the newbies, the ones freshly broken and freshly crushed. You know, you can be one of these old war horses, and I can take this shell as smooth and round as it is and hit it with a hammer, and it'll break off and have sharp flakes. I need to be careful, Paul said, lest I preach to you and I myself become a castaway. Never this side of heaven are we out of the breaking process. Now we learn that life happens to us all. Naked I came into this world, naked I will leave. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. It rains on the just and the unjust, the evil and the good. Life happens. We learn that. But sometimes God sees a little piece of pride that I didn't see. A little piece of covetousness that I didn't know was still there. Well, so and so got a brand new truck. I wish I had a brand new truck. You can't be happy for him. Be happy for him. He's got a brand new truck. I heard a guy say, well, I get to ride around in your brand new truck and I don't have to pay the taxes on it. (laughs) Or the payment that looks like a phone book. Have you ever? I remember the first new vehicle we bought. It was a little old bitty book. Like one of them tickets you sell for raffles. Now I see guys and they looks like phone books. I'm like, oh gosh, no. I'll keep fixing my junk. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, oh, well, he got that brand new truck, man. And God's like, oh man, this is going to hurt you worse than it hurts me. Snap. What? Yeah, see that dude? That piece, that was covetousness. I don't have no covetousness. Are you happy for brother so-and-so? He's got a big old four-wheel drive truck. Well, yeah, God, but that thing's got $1,500 worth of wheels on it. It's his $1,500, son. I blessed him with it. Do you know what he gives to help people? Well, no. Oh, that's right. That's between me and him. Why are you upset about it? Well, I guess I had a little piece of covetousness on it. Well, so-and-so built that big old brand new house. Got four rooms, eight bathrooms, and some room they don't even need, they don't even need nothing in the room. Y'all got stuff stacked on top of stuff. Multi-purpose. You flip your bed up in the wall so you can have your kitchen table. You know, a poor man can be more covetous than a rich man. It's okay. That's between them and God. And so God breaks that off of us, even old war horses. Well, they, you know, they got new people coming in to the ministry here. and You know, well, I've always done so-and-so. Okay. We want you to take ownership of this ministry. You look after, you cherish You take care of, you work faithfully for a ministry that you take ownership of. But it doesn't belong to you completely. It is God. And God gives to every man severally as he wills. God could choose to never give me another revelation of his word from this day on, and that has to be okay with me. And so when that happens, oh, yeah, see, you had a territorial issue over here on this backside. You like some old hound dog running around marking your territory. You ever seen that? I'm not I'm not gonna go into great detail, but oh old tigers and tigresses, they mark their territory. You know what I'm talking about. And and God says, Oh see, you are so beautiful and smooth, but this one thing here, that territorial thing, a yo ministry. God says last time I thought my name was on the book in the beginning God I think that's in the beginning God not in the beginning Joel Harris Oh, let's say it more fully Joel Evan Harris associate pastor central Virginia assembly of God Well, oh. no that's not in the front of the book. In the beginning, God, and God says territorial issues. Oh snap, pow, and that one comes off, and it's a big spot because that thing was a big part of your life. Because God, I've bled, I've sweated. I've cried tears over this church. And God says, that's right. And I'm bringing you up from this level where you're looking here to a higher level and you're seeing it from where I see it. And if you will give up a little territory, son, this person can bless 50 people where you were just speaking into the lives of five or 10. Now, are we about the kingdom, in the beginning God, or in the beginning Joel which is it son and I have to repent and say it's all about you God and your kingdom what you want done how you want it done not my agenda but yours y'all are mighty quiet they're sharp the new believers that are broken for the first time and and I would ask you to be patient. Turn to Romans chapter 12 and let's see what the Lord says about it. We're gonna turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 10, and we're also gonna turn to Philippians 2. They're gonna get on your nerves. I bet probably when we first started the church, Pastor Bernie was like, I can't believe he's coming to me with another question. I just seen him an hour ago, and he's back again. I wish he would realize and have confidence that God's speaking to him. He don't have to run everything by me, but he would patiently listen. Yeah, it sounds like God to me. That was my sharp edges, and I would leave bits and pieces of myself there. And you just sweep them up and toss them away cuz they don't need them anymore and slowly they're being matured into a a confident believer that can come to you and say that that new believer broken finally comes to you and says i've been broken i've been where you are now and i'm telling you god is going to bring you out in romans 12:10 it says be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. You understand patience is different. You need to understand patience. I, I talked about was that patience is not like, man, I got to wait 40 minutes for this Domino's pizza. patience as job learned it is that god is god and he was not god is god and you are not and no matter what's going on sometimes his answer is yes sometimes his answer is no and sometimes his answer is wait and i don't know about you but i like the yeses and the nos but i hate the wait i don't like that wait answer god gives me that wait answer and i'm like really I would I'd just rather you tell me no. But sometimes he tells me wait. And that patience there is an acknowledgement that God is in control. That's all patience in a Christian context is. Is acknowledging that God is sovereign. He does what he wants, when he wants, the way he wants. God did not have to tell Abraham what he was about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. But he said, I've not called you servants, but I've called you friends. And he's he's passing by. Abraham, he says, should I turn aside and tell my friend Abraham what I'm about to do? He didn't owe him an explanation. God is what we call in hoity-toity theological circles transcendent. It means he transcends time, space, and you. Before there was time, there was God. God. The very concept of creation was born out of God. That's what I am means. Yahweh means the sacred tetragrammaton, the self-existent one. He doesn't need you to exist. But out of love you were created and out of love you are sustained and out of love when you are crushed, he picks you up into the high and lofty places and says, I know what it's like to be crushed. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Broken hearted? Did you know when they thrust the spear into Jesus' side, blood mixed with water came out. It is a sign that his heart had ruptured. The peritoneal sac around his heart was full of fluid and blood. His heart had literally split Open open split open he died of a crushed broken heart because of your and my sin and the father had to turn away from him because god cannot look upon sin it will be completely annihilated on mount sinai they say god was dwelling in a thick darkness god doesn't like dark clouds but he had to shield the people from his face lest they be destroyed Because he is holy and perfect and good and just and we are not. And my God, in his miraculous ability, chooses when my heart is crushed and my spirit is broken and crushed to pull me up into high and lofty places to comfort me. I don't deserve it. Because I have been prideful, territorial, mean-spirited. All those things. We all have been. And when I see that, that my Jesus was beaten and was dying, he was going into um, hypovolemic shock. It means he was low blood volume. He'd been beaten so bad. Um, he was so thirsty because his kidneys had shut down. There was no fluid within his body, dying of dehydration and blood loss, shock. He was going into shock, and he says, I thirst. There was no reason for his heart to have ruptured. The only reason was, is because the sin of humanity was placed upon him and he said, Father, glorify me with the glory we had at the beginning before the worlds were formed. He had never in all of eternity known a time where he was not in the presence of God. And suddenly he knew what it was like to be me when I was lost and in the dark and I did have not God in my life I was lost and for the first time God Jesus knew what it was like to be without God the Father and his heart ruptured and broke I know what it's like to be of a crushed and broken heart God says and because of that I pull you up and hold you to my chest yet we will turn to people who are having hard times and we're not patient with them. Continuing verse 12, steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality, bless those who persecute you. Who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. And do not be wise in your own opinions. The rich man was wise in his own opinions. I've got all this food and grain and hay. I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger and take my rest. Soul, take your rest. And God says, you're a fool this night. I require your soul Don't be wise in your own eyes. Philippians 2, 3. It says, let nothing be done. If you want to turn there. Oh, you can read it. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Don't be trying to connive to get ahead. Don't be marking your territory and it's not yours anyway. It's given to you by God. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. You still with me? All right. Another thing I learned about shells, I noticed, rather. being the nerd that I am I did actually learn a lot of the shells there's augers and whelks and calico scallops and clams and razor clams and it goes on and on and on and there's scotch bonnets and all of that uh, another thing I noticed is that the shells that were way away from the water they dried out And they weren't very vibrant and pretty. I have two calico scallop shells up here. One of them, I sprayed clear coat on it. And it's just as beautiful as if you took it out the water. The clear just brought the vibrance of the colors back. Same exact species of shell, but it's dry and not very pretty. And I noticed that as the shells stayed out of the water, the longer they stayed out the water and the seawater dried out of them, they became brittle and chalky. It talks about in scriptures, you are untempered mortar. Untempered mortar is mortar that has not been fired in the furnace. It's limestone, whitewash is what it is. Jesus said of the Pharisees, you're a whitewashed sepulchre as you have been covered in untempered mortar and the first hard storm that comes along, it's going to destroy you. And a shell that's left out in the sun to completely and utterly dry out becomes faded and dull. There's no vibrance in it. You can't even see the colors. What colors do you represent? You know, if you go into tech or dare I say a Cavaliers fan in here, I don't know if there is any. Um, are you the Redskins guys? You got your colors, man. The dudes will paint their faces and some of them, which, you know, for the sake of the beauty of mankind, shouldn't go without their shirts painted, but they paint up their chests and they'll spell out skins or whatever and, you know, they're representing their colors. Your colors fade when you're away from the water, when you're away from the source. But I noticed that some of the shells that were close to the water, they were dried out. And as I picked them up and stuck them in the water, their vibrance just immediately returned. The color just came right back. And if you'll turn with me, we're going to turn to some more scriptures. I know I've read a lot, but I don't think God's going to be upset with me for reading the scripture. Ephesians. Timothy, the pastor at Ephesus. (coughs) <coughs> a horribly sin laden city and here he is a young man trying to maintain his integrity and his color in a world that is just riddled with sin we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 5 <coughs> verse uh, 25 start reading there husbands husbands Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. For what reason? That he might sanctify. That word sanctify means set her apart for a purpose. This church and you individually in this church, corporately, have been set apart for a purpose. Sanctification. Sanctify and cleanse her with what? The washing of the water of the word I noticed how that I would pick the shells up they'd be covered with sand and I'd wash them in the water and the color would return and all of the debris was washed away and I was left with this beautiful shell and that scripture came to mind and then over into Titus if you want to turn there it's all over in the back of the book in the pastoral epistles Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus at uh, the, the pastoral epistles over there. In Titus chapter three, verse five, it says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. There's two ways that we are renewed. One of them is the word. We hear the word and we believe. And then the washing and regeneration of the Holy Spirit comes in. And I thought about that, how that there's been times in my life when I was too busy to read and I paid a great price for it. I would just be struggling and just having the worst time and realize it's been days since I cracked my Bible. Don't let that happen to you. You'll become dry and brittle you will lose your colors. You won't be representing, you won't be representing. You won't behave that vibrant. The minute the water hit them, those shells, the vibrance returned to them. And I could see completely what they were and how beautiful they were. Even these old worn pieces in my pocket, when dunked in the water, just are beautiful. And I'm like, Lord, you're such an artist. There's beauty in everything. So there these two ways, by the washing of the water of the word and the washing of the regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you folks, I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far you've fallen. It doesn't matter. This is a place of renewal. One touch from the Holy Spirit of God can renew you and set you back on a path there's a brother and sister in Christ around you or near you and they're up here weeping and you know there's something wrong, go to them. Put yourself out there. Love is spelled R-I-S-K. Risk. Love is spelled risk. It's also spelled T-I-M-E. Did you know that You can only spend, there's one principle about time, you can spend it. You can't save it. They say, we'll do this and we'll save time. You don't save time. Time is constantly being used up. It's the most precious commodity that you possess. And when you give of your time, you're giving of the most precious commodity that you have. You can earn back money, you can get another car, you can get another house. But you're only allotted so many days, so many hours, so many seconds. Use them wisely. So when you go to a brother or sister in Christ who is hurting and you take time, you're spelling love. And you're risking something. to speak into their life and say, where you are now I once was and I may someday be again and I may need you to come alongside me I say all this to you because of a scripture in Psalm 68 6 they were wanting to put together some things for a website for the church with the you know and and pastor and 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 Jeannie and Lori and myself and Hunter and Amanda and have, you know have a little a blip of uh what you feel your mission and things and And that scripture come to mind in Psalm 68, 6. It says that God sets the solitary into families. That is what I feel about this. God sets the solitary in families and brings out those who are bound into singing. Now, it may say prosperity. That word prosperity there actually is fully interpreted singing. And do you know that the cross-reference verse is Acts 12, verse 6, where it talks about Peter being brought out of prison by the angel. If you are bound in a prison in your mind, maybe it feels like the enemy has split your head in half with a great cleaver, and you can't sleep at night. You lay down and your thoughts are racing 10,000 miles an hour. You look at the clock and you watch it flip over every hour on the hour. And come 5 o'clock, the bell rings and you just cut it off before the alarm even rings because you haven't slept all night because you have no peace. I'm telling you, there's a God here that wants to set you free from that. He wants to heal you from that. These things that are plaguing you. Maybe it's a family member who is lost and they're on their way to hell. You know what, you've prayed, you've prayed and you need peace. God sets the solitary into families. Those who are bound, he brings out into singing. When Peter came out, and that's the cross reference for that verse in Psalms is Acts chapter 12 he came out and they rejoiced with Peter that he'd been let out of prison. He was bound in a prison and you may be bound in your mind, bound in your emotions, bound in your physical body. And I'm here to tell you, maybe you're bound by drugs and alcohol. Maybe you're bound by pornography. Maybe you're bound by trying to just succeed. Maybe your dad was a hard dude. He never said a good thing about you. You got to work harder, boy. You got to do this, boy. Okay, boy. And you maybe even think, your dad don't even know your name. You can be released from that. You don't have to strive to meet a false expectation that a flawed man imposed upon you because he was the son of a flawed man. And that man was the son of a flawed man. I'm telling you, you have a father that is not flawed. He is perfect in his ways. His precepts are always true. They are yea and they are amen and they are forever. And that father, that perfect father is who I want you to meet today. That father says when you are crushed in your spirit, you have done all you know to do. You went to the Ivy League school and you got the degree and you went up and you said, dad, you're proud of me now? Well, boy, you got to go to graduate school. You got to get your master's full. What is wrong with you? You're never going to be nothing in this world without your master's degree and you ran and you went and you got your master's degree and you fell down on your knees before Papa and you said God look Papa I got my master's boy you gotta get your doctorate don't you know anything you're never gonna be anything without a PhD and then you have kids and your boy comes up and says daddy look I drew a picture for you Boy, you went all outside the lines. God in heaven, can you see that disease? I break that disease off of you today. Don't pass on to your children what your parents gave to you and your parents' parents gave to them. Today is a new start. That's a new beginning. Your God, your father is perfect in heaven. And he says, you crushed, you're broken hearted. He doesn't smack you upside the head and say, be a man and don't cry. Men don't cry. The strongest man that's ever walked the earth wept, and his name is Jesus. I'd like to see some big old tough guys get beaten with a whip that rips the flesh from their back and live. The beating should have killed him. Eusebius, one of our early church fathers, witnessed these types of beatings and he said that the bowels and the bones and the muscles would be exposed from the beating itself. Show me a tough guy in the room or in this county who can endure what my God endured. Show him to me. I want to see him face to face, toe to toe. Show him to me and let me ask him does it mean you're weak if you cry my god the strongest man who's ever lived wept for jerusalem he wept for his friend who had died he had compassion dads if your dad was a hardcore hard-nosed dude you need to break that off of you you need to let god soften your heart and soften your edges your children don't need that They colored outside the lines, so what? It was a picture for you. Accept it. If they've done the best that they can, tell them, I'm proud of you. Don't tell them, you got to do better. Don't do it. Please, break that cycle. Your daddy's proud of you, and he's ready to pick you up into high and lofty places and hold you to his chest and say, It's all right. I know all your life, son, you've been working, trying to please your old man, but he's dead and I'm not. He's dead. My daddy's gone. My dad never put unrealistic expectations on me. I was very blessed. He loved me where I was at, the way that I was. All of my brothers that way, the flawed, our flawed character. So I was blessed. So I urge you today, is, uh, that's, I'm done, is the uh, praise team would come and we'll have an altar call. With, if that's all right, pastor, if you have anything. Uh, altar call is just if you're broken, man, you've been broken, you're being broken. If you're breathing, you're about to be broken. Take heart, be of good courage. Do not fear, be dismayed. Your father. I read all those verses to you at the beginning. God is nearer to those who have a crushed spirit and a broken heart. God is near to you today. You don't have to go away thinking, Oh, God's disappointed in me. He oh, you know, I, I can't come up here and ask him to forgive me of my sin. We've all sinned. There is nobody in this place that has not sinned. I wouldn't be here if I hadn't sinned. I'd be in heaven. So I'd be perfect. I'd be watching you all from above. So I urge you today, you can do it right in your seat. You can come up here. I'll pray for you. It takes me a half hour to clean my hands up because I'm just an old body man. I got calluses and migwell burns and cuts. So there's nothing magical about my hands. I'm just an old worn down shell. You know, I used to be pretty like this olive shell. It was interesting though, this olive shell has little shells stuck up inside of it. I thought, man, that's a whole nother lesson, God. Sometimes we got to pick up those around us and carry them with us. You know, my wife had a little thing in the refrigerator that said our children are the only possessions we can carry with us to heaven. What are you focusing on? Are you trying to please a papa that's dead and gone? Are you trying to please a father that's alive and here that's pleased with who you are and what you are right where you are? He just wants to pull you up to a lofty place with him. It says that God gives to us without reproach. Do you know what that word means? Without reproach means God gives to us without reminding us of how unworthy we are when he gives it to us. Well, you know, I'm going to give you this, boy. But dag on if you don't get yourself together, I'm going to put your rear end up around your shoulders with my number 11 shoe. That is not the way God gives to us. He gives it to us without reproach without reminding us how unworthy we are. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to dismiss you. And if you guys need to leave, then you're welcome to leave. If you want prayer, if you want to pray right where you are, there's nothing magical in my hand. There's nothing magical about me. I'm just a shell getting, I'm in the same tumultuous ocean you're in. That's all. And God gives me things, and I'm foolish enough to go ahead and say them. That's all. It's funny, the older I get, the easier it is to make a fool out of myself. It's pretty comforting, actually. I got nothing to prove. It's like, it's as good as it's gonna get. So let's pray and I'll dismiss you. Won't you stand to your feet? I am not a highly educated man. I am not the most intelligent, eloquent speaker. But I know what I know in my heart, Lord. I know that you show me wonders, God. You've allowed me, God. I'm so thankful of all the gifts you've given me, Lord. I've never lost my wonder when my kids were little and they'd see things for the first time I was seeing them again God I can look at the ocean and all those broken pieces and every single one of them are beautiful to me it is a wonder Lord Lord I've sat in tree stands and I've watched these most beautiful yellow little birds circle the tree and forgot all about hunting deer I was in awe and wonder of your artistry God, you've let me keep a child like mine and a childlike heart. Help me to never have prejudice, Lord, to never have hate, to never seek revenge, God. Help me always to be like those little children who gathered around me on the beach and said, we're looking for treasures. We're looking for them together. God, you said you've put treasures in earthen vessels, Lord. There are many earthen vessels stand before me today and Lord I am just one and I thank you for the privilege and the honor God please take not your Holy Spirit from me please God always Lord I don't seek titles I don't seek fame and I don't seek money this one thing have I sought that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever Lord if I can but make it inside your door and be where you are God that is enough. And I thank you, Lord, that that is the cry of my heart. And Lord, it is the thing that has sustained me, Lord. I don't need riches and I don't need fame, but I do need you more than I need my next breath. God, for it is you that restores. It is you that heals, God. And only you can wipe away the stain of sin in my life, God. And in my mind, Lord, help me, Lord, to see myself as you see me. Help them, Lord, when they look in the mirror not to hear the words of their parents, God, or those who may have cursed them. Help them only to hear your words to say you are highly favored and treasured and I love you and I laid down my life for you and I will lift you up into high and lofty places and you will dwell with me. Help them only, Lord, to see your face and to hear your words, God. I pray that for your people, Lord that they would desire you more than their daily bread. God, the satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to the hungry soul, every bitter herb is sweet. God, I have walked in a place so dry before that when you finally corrected me, God, even your correction, I devoured it, Lord, like a starving man. It was sweet to me. Let us desire your presence, God, like starving men and women. Let us desire it, Lord, above all other things, God. Be with your people, Lord. Bless their homes with laughter and with joy, with peace. Bless their sleep, Lord. Give them finances. They know not where they came from, Lord. Bless them, Father, in all that they do. Everything they set their hand to do, let it prosper. But most of all, Father, give them absolute disturbing encounter with you god that it, it 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 just haunts their sleep that haunts their waking hours god that they desire you they're hungry for you lord and give them peace in jesus name amen love you guys thank you thank you peace. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by it. Central Virginia Assembly of God is located on 5052 Cross County Road, Mineral Virginia, 23117. If you would like more information about the church, visit us at centralvag.org or call 804-514-2413. We would love to hear from you. God bless.